Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Vietnam Innovators. I'm your host, Hal. Thank you for tuning in every single Tuesday morning. Without your support, this show would not happen. Uh, today's episode is featuring a guest. His name is Will Nguyen. Uh, he's based overseas at the moment, but coming back to Vietnam very shortly, hence why he's not in the studio. Will Nguyen is a partner at KPMG Vietnam and Cambodia, the head of IT advisory and digital innovation, working on a lot of large-scale projects with large-scale companies here in Vietnam, helping to innovate and digitally transform their businesses. Uh, Will, welcome to the show this morning. Hi, good morning, Hal. Good to be here. Will, I, I know, you know you're doing a lot of big projects here, but let's just start a little bit about you. Our, our audience always likes to know who's on the show exactly, not just the, the brand behind it and, and what you're an expert in. Um, please talk about your background. Um, I know you earned your degree in the U.S. and California. That's where you're calling in from today, hence why you're not in the studio. Why did you take up what you studied and, and why come back to Vietnam with the skills and, and expertise that you brought along with you? Um, so I was actually introduced um, to computers um, quite late. Um, by the U.S. standard, I was probably got my first computer when I was um, in high school and probably immediately falling in love with it, uh, mostly around how to build a PC at the time. So um, that got me interested. And I think um, a lot of it is self-taught in, in how to build a PC, how to put a network together, how to do some system admin. And I think that sort of naturally got me into, into the field of computer information system. And okay. um, were, were you building computers to play video games? That's what I used to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, a little bit of that, but then um, I actually start off my business uh, building computers okay. and, and, and selling it to um, just pretty much to the general public. Uh, so okay. I did that during my um, college days, almost, uh, almost the entire four years of my college. Okay. And, and why, so you, you did all of this, um, in your, in your studies and, uh, when you were a bit younger, um, what, is that also the same reason why you came to Vietnam for, for working in the computer industry? Maybe you can share more about that. No, I mean, no, it, it was just pretty much making uh, money at the time, uh, to put myself okay. to, to college, but moving to Vietnam is a different story. So when I started my career already, and for whatever reason, uh, my partner at the time, saw something in me and he suggested that actually I should look at in look at um, international experience because at the time in the US international experience um, was quite big um, in terms mm -hmm. in terms of like you know having that on your on your CV so um, okay. he entertained me the idea I said hey you know Vietnam I was born there I was born here in Vietnam but did not really know a lot about Vietnam at the time so just want to take on that opportunity he was able to connect me to the network and land me at a position um, in KPMG. Okay, and how, how many years has it been in Vietnam? Um, so a couple of things, but overall, I would say around 12 years. 12 years, okay. Yeah, you've been around the block then. Um, <laughs> you've seen uh, Vietnam transform quite a bit. Definitely. And, and, and just sorry, just to clarify a little bit, have you been at KPMG the entire time or, or have you done a few other things? A, a couple, but um, out of the 10 out of the 12 years, uh, I was with KPMG. Okay. And have you worked on IT advisory and, and digital transformation and innovation throughout that whole period? Yes. I, I think um, in my nearly 20 years of experience, it's always been around technology, digital um, innovation and so forth. Yeah. Okay. So tell me about that that first decade at KPMG, your your journey, 
back to when you just started to um, you know your role now as a partner. How has your role changed? How has your perspective of what you're doing uh, changed as well? Yeah. Well, I mean, I've, when I first came back, um, interestingly, just like most people, I was actually looking for some excitement in in life rather when I was younger, and then also an exciting career. Mm. Mm-hmm. The thinking at the time was probably going to do a two-year program there and then before I kind of return back um, to the state. But what two years turn out to be more of a permanent thing right now. So I think during that time, um, a lot has changed. Um, I was very thankful that I got an opportunity to work with a very dynamic and supportive group of partners who actually provide me the, the, the flexibility and, and the support and the foundation that I needed to be able to kind of execute my vision. So I think that was um, very important. That's probably what kept me going for these years. And how, how big has the team grown for IT advisory and digital innovation, just so we get the scale of the, of the kind of growth in the sector? Okay, so when I first came back, probably the team um, was around 10 to 12 people. Um, and then there was a restructuring in the middle, which got us down to three people. And I was one of the three, I was leading that team. And then right now we are looking at around almost 200 people. So just imagine the growth. Uh, and, and from, from that point of three people to now nearly 200 people, we are talking about six, seven years. So just, just imagine the, the, the growth that, uh, we went through as a team. Phenomenal. Yeah, that's um, kind of illustrates the potential in the space. Um, a lot of companies are, for example, storing their cloud on on-prem. Uh, they're not they're not going to the cloud quite yet, or their, sorry, their data, uh, among other kind of digital transformations. So uh, quite exciting to see that. Thank you for sharing, Will. Um, let's talk about you a little bit. I mean, I imagine when you came to Vietnam first. Um, again, correct me if I'm wrong. You're a partner now, but you you've you've become a partner over the time. Tell me about um, your interest and how that how, how that structure works at KPMG. Why was being a partner um, something that um, appealed to you, especially within the context of the space that you're in? I think um, as a um, career, everybody's working for um, KPMG or any um, organization similar to KPMG would like to kind of um, make it to partner because it tells uh, something about your achievement uh, in, in, in your career. Uh, but also, uh, not just that, I think, you know, being a partner allows me the opportunity to really exercise my vision, um, exercise my thinking and put those vision, put those ideas into action. And uh, what's great at KPMG is that I also work along with um, a group of very dynamic partners who's actually believing in the journey that we are heading to and therefore provide all of the support that I need to kind of be able to kind of bring things to life. And, 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 and that is probably where I enjoy the most, uh, being a partner here, uh, being able to kind of do what I do day in and day out. Got it. Um, and let's, um, let's take a look at what you do exactly. So KMPMG is, is well known for a number of different things, everything from audit to tax, uh, consulting, digital transformation, fairly new, as you mentioned, it's grown from a practice of two to three people to almost 200 today. Um, what exactly, uh, so pretend I'm a company that um, is interested in digital transformation. What is the digital transformation partner exactly? What role do you guys play? Um, and, and why should companies uh, be thinking of working with one? 
Well, I think um, at uh, KPMG, we're a little bit uh, unique comparing to uh, some of the other vendors, uh, some of the service provider. We provide um, really end-to-end technology transformation, um, technology consulting from um, helping you as a customer to define your um, digital strategy, define your um, technology architecture. Um, we pr- also provide implementation of um, many enterprise applications like ERP, um, CRM, um, HRM uh, from top tier vendors such as Oracle, SAP, Microsoft. Um, and then we also uh, provide cybersecurity services, uh, provide IT audits, IT compliance services, and also helping um, company to set up the IT um, organization. So I think in that we provide really end-to-end services as long as it's a technology. So we, we have the skill, we have the people um, here in Vietnam, as well as um, a group of alliance that we work together to deliver those services. Okay. And clearly the demand is growing. So um, how would you say in the next five years the team would look like? Are, are we talking, I mean, there's numbers, of course, but um, what is the man projected to be, would you say? We don't typically, when I do my planning, I don't, uh, I don't really looking at the, uh, the growth projection simply because the market mm-hmm. is, is there. There will always be demand, and and more than we can we can provide. What I tend to kind of focus more is in 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 resource in talent. How I'm going to be able to get the talents? How I'm going to be able to kind of build up the talents to be able to serve the market? Because right now the growth potential can only be as good as the talent that I'm able to kind of bring in and bring into the team. And is is the talent there in Vietnam? Is the pool? Uh, of, of talent there? No, um, there's a huge lacking of resource right now uh, of talent in Vietnam mm. around technology, around digital. Well, let's let's hope that uh, that changes over the next few years. Let's see how, how that'll go. Um, but yeah, we can see the demand clearly. A lot of people studying the field, but um, uh, not enough quite yet to, um, to meet the demand. Correct. Uh, Will, I want to uh, turn the page a little bit and talk about um, an example case study. I know we're talking a lot high level, the vision, what what could be done. Um, let's take a, a look, as I mentioned earlier in the show before we started, um, about agriculture. Uh, this I understand this is an area that uh, you have a lot of expertise in, you're doing a lot of projects in, um, and specifically smart agriculture. Of course, this is essential to Vietnam's uh, resilience uh, and, and growth. Uh, I think, again, I'm speaking in my opinion here, but um, the efficiency and productivity of agriculture has, uh, the demand has has grown so much because of population growth and how people consume food. I read something earlier where the, the, the whole world is capable of producing food for 12 billion people, uh, but at the same time, there's a billion people that are still hungry. So. Um, there's a there's a big question around productivity. Let's talk about that first. Smart agriculture. What is the goal, um, and how important is it for Vietnam to be thinking about this? So I think uh, with smart agriculture, I mean the the goal is to really um, as a business, the goal is really to automate the the process and to um, and that will enable digitalization of data as much as possible. Now with data being digitalized. Um, companies can now uh, do deep advanced analytics on those data and provide insights, which will then drive decisions. I think that's pretty much ultimate goal. And that's not just for agri, that's pretty much for most sector, but it is also very important with um, agriculture. 
Now, in terms of Vietnam, mm-hmm. so before technology kind of like take over the world, right? So before that, Vietnam has a definite advantage. We have um, good land space. Um, we have um, favorable weather. Um, our population is young enough to kind of be able to kind of do the thing that farmers doing and, and, and just kind of managing it from, from the sector perspective. So we have those advantages uh, comparing to um, a lot of other um, countries. Now, all of a sudden, technologies um, taking over. Um, other countries are taking or leveraging the technologies available right now mm-hmm. to kind of mm-hmm. um, leapfrog their capability, uh, if you will, in the um, aggregate space. So from Vietnam perspective, what we used to have as an advantage is really no longer an advantage. It's still there is still a good thing to have. But then we need to also look at what other countries are doing so that we can also equip ourselves with technology, know how to leverage technology to kind of continue that sort of leading space and build that gap between where we are versus another um, countries. Otherwise, if we continue to um, defer back to um, the normal factors that used to keep us ahead will no longer be enough. And what, what are those factors? So as I mentioned, um, land, right? We got um, good um, agriculture land. We have favorable mm-hmm. weather. Um, we got a very long um, sea lines and then also our resource. So those are the typical um, benefits that we used to have. Now is no longer enough. Mm-hmm. Okay, wow. So um, compared to it, uh, the trading, I guess you could say partners and rivals that Vietnam has on the agricultural level, how, how is uh, Vietnam compared compared to its peers? Is it is it on par in terms of adoption of digital technologies? Is it um, a little bit behind? Is it a little bit ahead? Maybe you can paint that picture a little bit. From the way I see it, it's actually uh, two groups. Mm-hmm. There's one group that's really ahead of everybody else. Um, there's a group of clients, usually young, dynamic. Um, they, they, they tend to go for the newest thing um, in the market. Uh, can you believe it or not? Um, Vietnam has um, a bank, and this is probably one of the first bank globally to adopt full cloud technology for their ERP. So we're talking a bank in Vietnam actually being the first to do something globally. Um, so it, it's, it's that group of, of, of um, organizations. Now, there's also another group that's um, a lot more conservative, taking decision a lot slower and, and, and therefore tend to kind of uh, fall behind. So, um, in, so, so there are definitely um, case study where um, you can spot out an organization who's actually doing things first, doing things ahead, comparing to the peers in other countries. And then there's other, many other cases where um, we're falling behind. According to my notes here, there's a report released recently by Maximize Market Research that states that the global smart agricultural market is expected to reach $26 billion within the next few years at a compound annual growth rate of almost 10%. How, is it, how big will, it, will, will that be for a country like Vietnam with the capacity that we have? Is it going to be part of that conversation, um, uh, in, in your opinion, in the next few years? Um, does it have what it takes currently? I would not know the actual financial uh, projection mm-hmm. in this. But I would say that in order to reach any kind of target, um, 
Vietnam will need to look at um, technology adoption as a um, as an enabler um, to, to to get to where we want to be. Because as I mentioned before, uh, while we used to have uh, some factors as favorable to us as benefits, um, but it's no uh, it's no longer enough. We need to leverage more mm -hmm. on technology um, and therefore be able to kind of reach uh, where we want to be. So definitely technology is a key enabler uh, for us to get ahead. Uh, thank you, Will, for, for sharing those comments there. Um, I'm going to pick a very specific project uh, that I understand that you worked on and, and worked on the implementation. Uh, about a year ago, you partnered with SBT, uh, which is the stock ticker symbol, I believe, of TTC Sugar. They implemented their first Oracle project in Vietnam. Um, and thanks to your efforts, uh, they were able to enhance a lot of different things, transparency, quality financial reporting, international standards, uh, which in turn helped achieve their goal of boosting their market share in foreign markets. Um, tell us more about that partnership. Uh, what has happened since that um, kind of implementate project implementation uh, was was finished? Okay. Yes, that project is uh, probably still the one of the largest um, Oracle transformation project um, within the region uh, within a few recent years. Um, it involved. 21 Oracle modules implementing for 22 countries. Oh, no, sorry, 22 entities cutting across four countries. And during pandemic, right in the middle of it, so we, we do a lot. We had to do a lot of um, implementation work remotely um, online, just like this. So it was mm -hmm. quite a massive project, also at a quite difficult time uh, to do these kind of projects. Uh, but uh, I think everybody uh, pulled through. Um, largely thanks to um, the commitment of um, both um, SPT, uh, led by their leadership team, and then also KPMG and also the support from Oracle as well. So I think um, what made that project successful is that everybody just really kind of focused, coming together. I understand that um, you know, the team worked together um, without any weekends, and I'm talking both Saturday and Sundays, um, continuously for six months, no weekends. Um, and you can imagine the sacrifice of uh, the families um, during this time. So I was uh, part of the leadership team that led this project. I was immensely proud of our achievements. Thank you, Will, for sharing that. And, and guys, uh, for those of you listening uh, today on today's podcast, you might be wondering, how did the KPMG team successfully work with such a large Vietnamese company to move with such speed, with uh, being so aggressive, especially during this uncertain time? Um, you mentioned six months. Uh, that's no short amount of time. We're not talking a month-long project, six months um, and during this period. Uh, what do you think encouraged them to move with such speed, this particular company, SPT? Um, actually, it was um, 11 months uh, from, from kickoff okay. yeah, from, from kick to the live. Yeah, from, but I think um, the, the success factor here is that um, the commitment from everyone from SBT, from uh, KPMG, and then also Oracle. We're talking a project team of probably over 500 people uh, working together for the um, entire 11 months. And I remember the six months you mentioned is where people work continuously without any weekends. Uh, that was, that, uh, that is what I referred to before. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it, do, they, do they have their weekends now? Hopefully. Yes, yes, they do. Yeah, they, they do now have weekends. With all the increased <laughs> productivity and efficiency, they have their weekends back. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's just um, a huge effort from everybody uh, working um, during that time and especially during COVID where we had to do a lot of the implementation work remotely like this. Um, it's a huge challenge. Um, but it's, it's, it's and, and largely thanks to uh, the leadership from, from, um, from all sides, because uh, without the leadership, without the guidance, um, I think this project would be very difficult to, to, to be where it's at today. Was there any resistance initially from a large company like SBT to implementing this remotely? Um, what were their concerns, if any, uh, related to that? Well, I think... Um, when we started, when we kicked off the project, we had this uncertainty that what the pandemic will turn out to be within the next two months, three months, four months. But I think it's just we just got to do it. I mean, from the um, the mindset of uh, SPT leadership team, it just they just had to do it um, without um, any um, hesitation of what's going to be ahead. So, yes. If it comes to that, we will deal with it. But I think that is uh, resonate in how we were able to pretty much um, achieve all of the challenges um, during the path. Very cool. Very cool. Um, well, um, you know, I, I just want to end with uh, today's podcast with a couple other keynotes, not related to smart agriculture, but um, noteworthy to to point out at any rate. Um, I understand KPMG is hosting a digital summit um, with a lot of tech leaders to showcase solutions for businesses. Uh, what can we expect in terms of a showcase related to smart agriculture? What are what are some solutions maybe that you can give a bit of a teaser about? Uh, sure. Okay, so I think first I wanna um, share a little bit about um, the Digital Summit. So we did this, um, the first event back in 2019. Um, I mean, the idea is quite simple. Um, a lot of the client comes to us and ask exactly for the same thing, but from different vendors. So I thought, okay, so if they're going to do that, so why don't we as a KPMG kind of invite all of our lines um, together in one room, one location, and just pretty much showcase um, the technology. And then clients just come to this one single event, and then they will be able to see if they want to compare CRM, they can compare CRM right there and then uh, between Oracle, Microsoft, SAP, and Salesforce. So so, so that's, the, that's the idea. Um, and to, to bring technology vendor together, to bring clients together. So uh, we did that um, event in 2019. It was um, hugely successful. Um, and of course, you know what happened? We just, we had to kind of cancel and stop uh, for, the pre- for the next two years in 20 and 21. Um, so fortunately in 2022, things are sort of get back to normal now. And this is where we uh, think that we uh, will host it again. So in terms of this year's Digital Summit and in terms of um, um, agriculture, um, we will then showcase um, the solution uh, footprint that we uh, have successfully demonstrated at SPT, um, and not just within the um, the back end, the ERP side. We also look at uh, look into the farming system as well. Uh, we look into some of the digital technology that we can bring um, into this sector. For example, how you how how you would um, apply um, IoT. In, 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 in the uh, farming operation, for example. So we would like to be able to kind of showcase those uh, solutions to uh, clients. Very cool. So um, a lot to expect uh, in a couple months time. Thank you, Will. We're looking forward to it. Um, I always like to end my podcast with a quick plug for, for our guests. 
so that plug is, is, are you guys hiring? I mean, you mentioned you've scaled from <laughs> two to three people to 200. You mentioned there's a bit of a talent shortage in this particular space. Um, who, what kind of talents are you looking for exactly? Younger, a bit more experienced? Um, how, how does that look like for you guys on your team? With our scale now, I think you would see that um, we simply just out in the market and look for good, um, talented individuals. There will be positions that we just pretty much, uh, look for young, talented, who's eager to learn and just pretty much go out there and, 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 and uh, enjoy uh, the work. But then there are also positions that are very unique, very specific, where we would need sort of SME level then uh, we would then, then, then bring those SME in. So I think in more or less, uh, because we run a technology consulting practice, end-to-end consulting practice, so we would look for talents from all levels and, 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 and uh, from all angles. So as long as um, I think what comes down to, uh, and what's important for us is that um, the person, the candidates, has to have the right characteristic to fit with um, the larger team. Got it. Very good. So for those of you uh, youngsters or otherwise looking to, to to join a new company, look no further than to join Will Will's team at KPMG. Will, thank you for joining today's episode of Vietnam Innovators. Hey, thank you, Hal. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure having you. And for those of you listening in, uh, interested in smart agriculture, digital innovation, IT advisory work, uh, KPMG is doing quite a bit of that. Um, you've heard it from Will himself and his team. That's now about 200 people. It's most likely the fastest growing uh, team at KPMG work. Hopefully you, you agree with that statement. Um, such an exciting space to be in. Will, thank you for sharing your insights and case studies. Um, and we look forward to hearing more at the Digital Summit. Thank you. Looking forward to see you there. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in for another episode of Vietnam Innovators. And thank you so much for your support as always. And, and to our uh, partners, KPMG and, and Will for joining today's show. See you guys next time. Bye-bye. Thank you. Entering the Vietnamese market since 1994, KPMG is one of the largest professional service firms in the country, with over 1,800 experts serving international and local clients in a wide range of industries. Recognized for its excellent auditing and tax services, KPMG has also since expanded to other services such as legal, deal consulting, and business consulting. You can also check out the video version of this podcast on our other platforms such as YouTube and Facebook. New episodes are out every week, so don't forget to subscribe to Vietcetra's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube channel for more interesting content.